sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, this is the second hour of the show. It's always where I talk to a celebrity gardener, someone that's well-known in Atlanta, someone (laughs) well-known in Georgia. He's famous to me. You know who he is from Channel 2 Action News this morning. And, of course, right here. Host of the Mark Aram Show, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8. Mark Aram, ladies and gentlemen. Ashley, it's an honor to be on Green and Growing. I've been waiting my entire life for this moment. I'm very excited. This is definitely a resume builder right here. <laughs> exactly. Tell so tell the listeners how I got you in here on a Saturday morning. Um, well, you made hash brown casserole. And I said, well, I'll come in at 6 a.m. for hash brown casserole. Uh, no, you're my buddy, man. I'll do anything you want. You're, you're my gal. So this is fun. Every celebrity gardener that I talk to, I try to do a little bit of a quiz, trivia. Mm-hmm. In this case, though, this was really inspired by you, <laughs> self-admittedly not knowing a lot about plants. Zero. So explain the basis of what game we're going to do here with your show. Does Alex Williams know this food? Yeah, so basically I, I like to play games on my show. I think they're fun and I think the listeners enjoy them. So one of my games is, does Alex Williams know this food? Alex Williams from the traffic team, great guy, just doesn't know anything no. about food. So I'll ask him a food. I'll be like, what is uh, creme brulee? And they'll have a certain amount of time to answer. And he never knows the food. Like, unless it's chicken fingers and mac and cheese, he doesn't know what it is. So we developed this game for Green and Growing for Ashley. uh, For unskilled gardeners like myself, you will name a plant, a flower, a tree, an herb, a bush, whatever. And I have to guess whether or not it's real or fictional. <laughs> so it's 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 going to be interesting to see how I do. There was no way you could study up for this. No, I, and I promise you, I did not study up for this. But before we talk about your lack of gardening knowledge, yeah. I will give you credit. You and Maya have a beautiful bird feeder in the backyard. Yeah. And you overlook Peachtree Creek. Oh, it's beautiful. So you're a little outdoorsy in that respect. I love the outdoors. I love birds. Um, I just, I, I've had plants in the past and I'm not a good plant daddy <laughs> like I'm, I'm a negligent father when it comes to plants so i just let the the woods take care of them and i enjoy the beauty there so let it be known guys if you ever were considering buying mark aram a plant or a flower <laughs> don't do it buy him food Make gift, it, yeah exactly gift cards or something that's yes. that's more up his alley all right so in honor of alex williams here we go with <laughs> what does mark aram know this plant and this was actually pretty fun to collect some of these and just try to Really try to trip you up here, okay? All right, so you're going to say a name of a plant or something, and I have to guess whether it's real or fake. Correct. All right, go ahead. All right, <laughs> ranunculus. It sounds like radicchio, which is a lettuce. And it kind of sounds like ridiculous. Yeah. I'm going to say it's a lettuce. Yeah, that's a real thing. No. No? But I like how your thought process got yeah. you there. So ranunculus is a flower. Okay. Very tightly woven, almost like a peony or a rose. That means nothing to you. No. But ranunculus. <laughs> I know what a rose is. Pretty good name. Pretty yeah. good name. All right. The next one, Delilah. Didn't she work on B98.5? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no way, that's fake. There's nothing <laughs> called the Delilah. Oh, gosh, I didn't think you... Your brain went right there. It was, I thought I was going to catch you. No, <laughs> that's the first thing I think of a Delilah. <laughs> that's right, I had the sound ready. So, no, there is a Dahlia, okay. but there is no Delilah. Oh, nice. absolutely correct. I'm good, I'm an expert gardener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we have Pinky Winky. <laughs> oh, God, that... 
Pinky, all right, let me think this through. Pinky Winky. I had a, a fraternity brother in college whose nickname was Pinky, and he works for CBS News. And a lot of people call that fake news. So I'm going to say the Pinky Winky is fake. No, it's that real? is a real thing. Oh, no kidding. It's Sorry, Pinky. It's a hydrangea. Pinky. Oh. It's a variety of hydrangea. I've heard of hy- hydrangea, but I couldn't pick one out of a lineup. Now I'm going to school you real quick. All right. Anybody that has a <laughs> Pinky Winky hydrangea, it is panicle. <laughs> Go see a doctor. <laughs> yeah, right. That sounds really bad. So it's it's panicle, which means it's more of a cone-shaped hydrangea rather than the fluffy round kind. I, I, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. This one I thought just for you. All right. Wandering Jew. Oh, I know that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> that's absolutely that true. I was called that many many times in high school <laughs> by my Maybe teacher. Maybe it was named after you. I don't know how long it's been around, but it's been a long time. No, because okay. I would ask uh, for a, a, a bathroom pass, <laughs> and my teacher Miss Gensh would be like, "Don't be a wandering Jew." Oh God! I know. Could she say that? Well, she back in she the eighties. <laughs> back in the eighties, you could. Yes. <laughs> All right, up next, peanut butter splendor. Oh, I hate peanut butter. Oh God, really? Uh, yeah, I did not know that about you. No allergy, right? You just don't. No, like it. I got. I used to love it, and then in third grade, I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and got sick. Oh no! And I haven't had one since. Um, what is the name of it? peanut butter? Who? Peanut butter splendor. I don't know. I just don't know how peanuts peanut butter works in the in the plant community. I'm going to say that's fake. You're absolutely right. correct. <laughs> good, yep. good, yeah. Yep. All right, this next one you know as well. Okay. Italian Aram. Yes, that's... Same spelling as your name. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a, it's a flower, it's a bush, it's a... it's a It apparently stinks really bad. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, oh, the no. Aram Lily. You don't. I, <laughs> usually. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Aram Lily, uh, which is apparently what my last name was hmm. at Ellis Island. They just made it Aram. So, that's nice. Yeah. Now, the first time I think I saw Italian Aram, it was in Pike Nursery, I believe, years ago. When I started working with you, I think I sent you a picture. Yeah. I mean, I was free. I was yeah. geeked out. I was like, oh, my God. I get, right. a, I get commission at Pike. Every Italian air me by, I get, <laughs> I get a so, nickel. That's how you're driving that. Nice <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. All right. Up next, osteria. And it is an Italian word. I don't know if that helps you or not. But. Austere. Um, yeah, I think that that could be a legit flower or a planter, osteria. You would think so, yeah. but it is not. You just made that one up? No, it's All an right. Italian name for a bar serving wine and simple foods. Okay. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> All right. Up next is a kookaburra. I think that's a bird. I think that's a bird in Australia, so I'm going to say that. <laughs> is it? Yes. <laughs> it's not a plant. Yeah, I know my animals. Listen to that guy. He's having a great time. That sounds like Alex Williams when I bring in Chick-fil-A. He goes nuts. He's just clamoring. Yeah. Hey, you didn't do too bad. I wasn't keeping score, but I really think you only missed like two. Floyd will, will tally the score for <laughs> you at the, at the end of the show. That was fun. I like that. Yeah. So can we bring you back in the future and we'll do Absolutely. this again? Yeah. As long as there's hash try br- harder. As long as there's hash brown casserole. Yep. I'm down. Saturday morning, hash brown casserole. And occasionally <laughs> I try to bring Shadow in the studio, too. So I'll give you a heads up if both of those happen on the same Saturday. Adorbs. Shadow's adorbs. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by, Mark. Thanks for asking. Love Have the show, buddy. Have a great Thanks. Think you know those plants? Or maybe you don't. Check out my Facebook page. Quiz yourself. And then I kind of like that game. We'll, we'll do some more as the... As the show carries on, maybe come up with some funky plant names. And if you have suggestions for me, too, to try to stump Mark Aram or anybody else, send them to me on the Facebook page. Just search Green and Growing WSB, and you can message me there. And I'll take pictures of anything you're looking to identify in your landscape or something that's wrong with a plant. 
you don't quite know what's going on, feel free. 404-872-0750. DJ and Decatur, thank you for being so patient. I'm so glad to hear from you. How are you? Oh, fine. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, two questions. Um, next week on your segment with Walter, would you ask him about the care for centipede grass, please? Sure. What are you wanting to know? Well, just fertilizing, when to plant, how to de-weed, that type of thing. Okay. I, I remember I called uh, a few weeks before, and no one really knew how to take care of it. Yes, I remember that. And did I talk to you then, too, DJ, about the lawn care calendar? Um, yes, I think so. Okay. If you, if when we're done talking here, if we put you back on hold, I want you to give DeMarco your email address and I'll send you that. That would probably be one of the first things Walter would do is send you this calendar just so it can help you keep up with when to fertilize and when to seed or sod or like just all those things. But yeah, so I'll be happy to do that. So you have a question about Ivy though today, right? I, I, I did. Yes. I, I know you commented about this and I'm sorry to ask again, That's but okay. I have Ivy and it's growing up my trees. First of all, is that dangerous and how to get rid of it? Eventually it does. It does choke out the trees. And I'm on the um, Georgia Forestry Commission website, gatrees.org. And yeah, that is one of many things that can Mm -hmm. lead to the decline in the health of a tree. Looking for cavities, having ivy growing up and decayed wood, all kinds of things. Mushrooms are growing near the base. So really the best way is to get to it before it becomes that much of a problem because it's choking out the bark. The bark's not getting enough oxygen. And then just the weight of it, too. I mean, if that ivy's been left for years, it'll start to, you know, bring limbs down and ultimately ultimately the whole tree. So the best thing to do right now, if the trees are just overwhelmed, is get at the base and do as much as you can with a weed eater or something like that to break the vines. And as they slowly start to die up, you know, and you start to see the browning of the ivy, it's a lot easier to pull. It's going to take time, but it's a lot easier to pull down as it just starts to die vine by vine. Right. Don't use Roundup or anything like that. Um, the only thing about Roundup is it's systemic. So not only are you spraying it oh. on the ivy, but it's taken in through the roots of the tree. Oh, so it goodness. in large quantities are not applied properly. It can be damaging to the tree as well. So I would start with the weed eater and kind of go that route or even just a, a rake or some kind of trellis or something and pull some of the ivy back if you can. But obviously preventative is best. DJ, I'm going to put you back on hold so DeMarco can get your email because I do want to help you with your centipede. And I will admit on this show, lawns, that's probably my weakest area of knowledge. So I've had Clint Waltz from the University of Georgia on and he has been so helpful to myself and to all of you. So I'm still learning that. So thanks for being patient with me, DJ. Always good to hear from you. It is 718. We're going to talk to Joel and Tucker next. We're going to take a quick break on Green and Growing 95.5 WSB. You may have to work from home, but who says you can't have your friends over? Listen to Eric Von Hessler, Eric Erickson, and Mark Aram live on your smart speaker. Tell your device, play 95.5 WSB. 51 degrees on Peachtree Street, slowly starting to warm up today, and you're going to be happy with the weather. Brought to you by Finley Roofing today and tomorrow. A lot of sunshine, highs in the low 80s, and lows hovering around 60. Not another chance for rain until Monday, and that's a minute chance for rain, so plan accordingly. Your complete weather forecast comes up from meteorologist Kirk Mellish here on 95.5 WSB in just a few minutes, and taking your calls on green and growing 404-872-0750. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. 
I know you may already have some things in mind that you need to get done this weekend, and it's a fantastic weekend to to get things done. But if you don't have any particular lawn projects or things that you're working on, here's just some basic things to help you through the weekend. First, some spring cleaning. You've likely cleaned up and maybe even weeded some of those flower beds, but now you can put down mulch. That helps regulate the soil temperature. If you're needing to maybe plant vegetables in that area, soil temperature is important. It retains moisture and, of course, lessens weeds. So you want to put a thick layer of mulch. Never do the volcano, though, and mound it up around trees that are nearby in that bed. That's always good advice. Number two, check the gardens. you got to keep tomatoes now on a regular watering and fertilization schedule for a bountiful harvest through the summer. And if you haven't already and you're looking into doing a vegetable garden, it is not too late. You plant corn, peppers, cucumbers, peas, and watermelon now. And number three, help the birds out. You know, they're active and they're just everywhere. Make sure the feeders are clean and keep them full to encourage the birds to keep coming back. And it's time to check the hummingbird food, too. That needs to be changed. They recommend every week or two to change out that water. And sometimes yellow jackets get in it. Sometimes wasps get in it. I know mine, my feeder was covered in pollen, so I kind of think that was probably keeping the hummingbirds away a little bit. But change that water out. And the water in the bird baths, too. That's important to keep an eye on that. If you don't have bird baths, it'd be something nice to add to the yard, too. But they use them not only for bathing, but for drinking, too. So we want to keep clean water in there. 404-872-0750. Joel and Tucker, I don't want to make you wait anymore. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Ashley, a couple of weeks ago, you received a call from a caller who was asking about what turned out to be fungus on his camellias. The uh, end leaves got waxy and thick. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the solution uh, apparently was to cut them all off and dispose of them far away from the camellia. Yep. I have a question. What happens if I do nothing? Oh, that's a great... That's a great question. Now, leaf gall, which is what we were calling that, it can do permanent damage to the plant. I don't know how long it's going to hang on mm-hmm. and what the symptoms of dieback are going to slowly start to look like. But if you let it get too far, that is going to be kind of a permanent situation you're dealing with. So if you care about the health of the camellia, that is really an easy maintenance, though, just picking off those leaves and not letting them drop on the on the ground. At least you don't have to go out to the store and buy any kind of fungicide or anything like that. But if it gets to that point and you do need a fungicide, any landscape fungicide is going to do. You want to spray it before those leaves have a chance to get the gall again. So early spring is the best time to do that preventatively. Thank you so much, Joel. Ted and Marietta, Gary and Ballground, y'all hang on. Thanks for listening to Green and Growing. We will be right back. I'm Ashley Frasca. Stay tuned. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back. Here we are on a Saturday morning together again. Ashley Frasca with you hosting Green and Growing. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being really supportive of the show. I think the first show was the first weekend in February. So I'm still a newbie at this uh, show hosting thing. I can do traffic like in my sleep uh, just without even any thought Monday through Friday. This is a little more work, but I like it. I just took a call off the air and I love questions that challenge me. And I'm not afraid to say that I don't know. Um, I'm learning just along with all of you, but I know people that do know the answers 
And so I try to learn those and the better educate myself so that I can better educate you. So please don't take it personally if I just don't know the answer to your question. But I still want you to call. It's not like try to stump the host or anything, but I just want you to really make me think, you know, and we'll we'll learn together. I'll always find you an answer. And I'm happy to interact too on the Facebook page because I know a lot of times you call in or maybe you don't want to because you're shy or you can't hang on. But things are better, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. So if you send a picture to the Facebook page, sometimes I can better easily diagnose something that's going on. So on Facebook, if you have a Facebook account, just search Green and Growing WSB, and that's a great way to share some images with me or just any questions you may have. 404-872-0750. It is 736, so more calls this hour. Love hearing from you. We've got Ted and Marietta. We'll be with you in just a moment. But first, up to Cherokee County. Hey, good morning. Gary in Ballground. How are you? Hello, Ashley. Hey. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. So what's what's going on? You have a Japanese, me? yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Find a Japanese maple. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, we bought it from a nursery uh, already well established. In the first, it, we've had it three years. The first two years, it's done very well. And uh, this this spring, we've noticed that the bottom half of the tree is doing well and seems to be growing and actually looking better. But after about a foot, the tree is very sparse and looks like it's in a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Now, are the and leaves we, are the leaves coming off the top of the tree? Well, the, the, they're not even starting. There's some on there, but it just it, it's obviously in the process of uh, getting worse. And something I'm planning on transplanting it today. That's the only thing I know to do is move it. That there has to be something there in that spot that's causing this problem. But if that's the case, why would the bottom half of the tree still be doing well? It just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I know Japanese maples don't like to stay too wet. So how does the area around it look? Uh, it's it's good for that. And again. You know, the first two years, it's it's just been thriving. It's been doing so well. Mm. But, um, and if it were that issue, why would the bottom half of the tree be doing well? It just Well, I'm wondering if it's not just a gradual, you know, something that's starting in one part of the tree right. and then just moving. Someone will call in and and know exactly what this is, and I hope that that's the case. Gary, the only thing that's kind of coming to my mind, and and I don't want to misguide you because I don't want to make you transplant it for nothing, you know, if that's really not the problem, but one of the things that it is susceptible to is a fungus called anthracnose, and anthracnose Mm -hmm. happens in maples as well, and it happens late spring to early summer, especially during wet periods, which is what we've had. It attacks the plants in the spring when the weather's been cool and wet, and you see it on the leaves. But the leaves would would show distinct symptoms if this is, in fact, a fungus. And then eventually the leaves are going to fall off. That's kind of why I asked if the top of the tree was losing leaves first. What you may want to do first, I mean, you'll I think you'll know if there's been any kind of scorch or anything like that, or maybe you just didn't have leaves open because of a little bit of a spring frost. Um, but if you go mm-hmm. look at the leaves, this anthracnose is it's evident with brown in the vein of the leaf so when you look at the back side of the leaf you'll see like a brown line 
in the vein, and that's kind of where it starts. Now, if that's a fungus, that's going to be a little easier to treat, you know, and and making sure that the tree doesn't stay too wet to prevent it from getting any worse. Will that part of the tree recover if that is what the problem is? Is it something it will recover from? I would like to think so. Yeah, I would like to think so with the proper treatment and the fact that you're noticing it early on and, you know, just... I mean, transplanting may be necessary. I hate that I can't tell you definitively enough, but just it's so yeah, important okay. to not have it stay too wet. And to to deal with this, the anthracnose, if you really kind of start to see that on some of the leaves, you can easily just prune out the affected branches um, mm-hmm. and then making sure that it stays consistently you know, almost like just the same moisture level. You don't let it go from extremes of just staying too wet, like it's rained so much here recently, and then just letting it dry out. And also just raking some of the leaf drop away is going to help too. It's going to help, you know, air get Mm -hmm. to the top of the soil better. So start with that, Gary. I hope I'm pointing you in the right direction, but start with looking at the veins on the leaves and see if we've got a kind of fungus problem. And then if you're just seeing something totally different, I mean, there's there's beetles that can bore into the trunk and all kinds of things that maybe when you're in there looking at the leaves, you may find some totally other symptoms that we weren't aware of. So it might be easier to see if it's an insect issue when you really start to get in there and examine. And if that's the case, then call me back. And then that's kind of some good news because you could treat it and not have to transplant it. But Yeah, it's, it's just the part that half of the tree is doing well and half is not. Yeah, it's and just, I actually uh, had a coworker, Claire, who has a dwarf maple, and she literally just sent me a picture yesterday of kind of something similar to what you're saying. But she has so many bare limbs, and I don't want to right away say, oh, we'll just prune the bad limbs out because then your tree is going to look kind of kind of crazy you know so do that for me and then i'd love to hear back from you and i've got a a good friend of the show norm mitliner who may be listening and he is a japanese maple expert so if you call back next weekend even if i don't put you on the air i may have heard from him by then and he would know exactly just listening to your call what's going on great thanks ashley thank you very much you too thank you very much good luck 404-872-0750 Ted and Marietta, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning, Ashley. Hey, Hope you're doing well. You too. Uh, I have a question about some caladiums. I planted six of them two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they looked great. Uh, they've got some new uh, you know, baby slips coming up from the bottom, but the leaves themselves are just kind of lying on the ground like like they're wilted, but they, which they couldn't possibly be with all the rain we've had. Any thoughts? I mean, would would it, some of the hard rain be hard enough to just beat it down and it's going to gradually recover? That could, because some of mine, they stay in a wet spot at the end of a walkway, uh-huh. and I noticed that yeah. too. Like, almost it's frustrating because some mulch will wash over the leaves as they're laying there. And, you know, I, I want them to yeah. show. I want it to look pretty. But I would have a concern. Yeah. You're in Marietta, so you're a little bit closer yeah. to Metro Atlanta. I have not put my bulbs out yet because I was really waiting for the soil temperatures to get above 65 degrees, 70 degrees. So I hope you didn't plant them too early, Um, but it's still maybe too soon to tell. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, we haven't had a a night in freezing, but it's just gotten awfully chilly in some of the overnight. So I would just continue to keep an eye on them. But next, like if you overwinter them, you know, and dig them out, I would wait until Mm -hmm. it, it really warms up like... I know you're itching to do it, but I would I would wait another few weeks. Like when you get that urge, like, okay, no, 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 I got to wait. So now is a really good time because we had some cold periods two weeks ago. And the, I was watching mm-hmm. the soil temperatures hover around the low 60s. And I'm like, we're almost there. We're almost there. And then we I literally had a couple of nights and it brought it back down to like 54, 55. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I was mindful of that. Yeah, keep watching them. And if the leaves start mm-hmm. to perk back up a little bit of just a general all-purpose, you know, fertilizer, miracle Grow is probably going to help strengthen them up a little bit too. But for right now, you okay. may be okay. All right. Okay, thank you very much. I hope so. Thank you so much, Ted. Appreciate you calling. <clears throat> 404-872-0750. We'll stay in Marietta, Cobb County, and say good morning to Marie. Hey there, Marie. Good morning. I am so much enjoying your show since you have taken over. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am too. I hope y'all can tell. I really do have a blast coming in here on Saturday mornings. It definitely shows. Good. And I appreciate you wanting to do this and offering the advice or finding out the things that we need to know. <laughs> yeah, that was the best advice I got from Walter and some really good friends of his who have become friends of mine over the years too. They, I mean, they said, honestly, to, to lend your credibility please admit when you don't know something. You know, you can tell some garden experts or things in the trade that'll just, or people at nurseries that'll just make up something, you know, and then you kind of go tell someone else, another experienced gardener, and they're like, they told you what? So I don't want to be that guy. So if I don't know, I'm not going to dance around it. I'll just, uh, I'll be up front. But I hope I can help you with your zoysia, perhaps. Sure. Um, A year ago, with quite a bit of investment, um, I turned the backyard into Zeon Zoysia, mm-hmm. and it was properly graded and then installed, and absolutely thought I had hit dreamland. Yeah. However, this season, I have noticed quite a bit of browning areas that have not turned up green, and it was identified as a fungus. Mm-hmm. And it's sporadic, but it is spreading, and I was told on one product to use, but I want to make sure I'm doing it the right way. I've been every afternoon with the ability that I can, I'm an older woman, go out and I'm thatching the dead area. But um, I want to be sure when I go to treat it that I do it correctly. So I'm almost wondering, and, and there are some differences between, you know, fungi that show up in the lawn and just diseases. Um, so Brown patch, what's commonly the disease known as brown patch, it's still a little early on in the season, I think, to start seeing that. But there's dollar spot, too. And dollar spot occurs when the nights are cool and the days are warm, just which is perfect in spring. So look for lesions, like on the grass blade, like at the edge of the blade. And that could be a good indication, you know, if, if that's where dollar spot is starting to occur, because you'll, you'll kind of see the beginning of it if you kind of look carefully. That could be just a lack of fertilizer and inconsistent moisture, really, which you've had no control over because it has. It's been all over the place. So what's your fertilizer, you know, your fertilization regimen looking like? Well, I have a lawn c- company that does that. And so that's done on a regular basis. Okay. And um, the, 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 I have Bermuda in the front and the zoysia in the back. And most of everything is green, but the zoysia has, um, and it looks similar to Dollar Spot that I remember having years ago in another yard um, in Bermuda, but um, it's becoming more spreading. And in some areas, when you look out, it almost looks like a dog has urinated on it because of the brown and the yellow, but I know that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, yep, that that does sound like a sure sign of dollar spot. So BioAdvanced has a couple of, well, they have sprays and they have um, granular fungicides that if you use a lawn care company, they may have a fungicide that'll help that 
stay at bay a little bit better. So why don't you talk to them? Or, I mean, if you're comfortable getting it yourself when you go into one of the big box stores or the nurseries and you look at a bio-advanced product, it says, you know, fungus control for lawn, and it'll say dollar spot on the front. And you okay. just, you know, follow the applications there and make sure that, you know, it's getting the proper irrigation too. Like when we do start drying out, really just a good solid, you know, watering once a week should be sufficient for zoysia. That way we're making sure it's not staying too wet as well. So zoysia, if I'm understanding you, dollar spots are common in zoysia as well as Bermuda, and it's not limited to Bermuda? Correct. Correct. Yeah, it, it could be common to both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. And um, I have contacted the, the chemical company. It was just a little bit more than what my budget could allow for to have them treated. But they did indicate, um, they suggested, you know, on how I could do it on my own. But I just, I just don't know if, if I'm do if I if I do it if I'm going to do it correctly. <laughs> yeah, the label the the really good thing about BioAdvanced Maria, I use a lot of their products. It used to be Bayer, and now it's BioAdvanced. But their label directions are so good. Like I've actually looked at the label online before I get the product, and I've even shared it with coworkers who are asking me questions too. Like it tells you time of day, quantity, which conditions, you know, how many days after it's rained is best, you know, to apply it and all that kind of thing. So really, if you study the label and you you apply it to the affected areas properly based on the label, I promise you, you can't go wrong. They guide you pretty well. Thank you so much. And please keep in touch, Marie, and keep me up to date. Daniel in Jonesboro, Kathy in Bogart and Aaron in Lawrenceville will be getting around to all of your calls to your listening to 95.5 WSB. Join us Monday for Atlanta's Morning News. Get the latest official information on the pandemic. What's open? What's closed? And following the data on whether COVID-19 cases are easing up or not on 95.5 WSB. Time to give you an update on the weekend's weather. Sponsored by Finley Roofing. It's very easy. Today and tomorrow are going to be very close. Sunny highs in the low 80s and lows around 60 degrees. So we love that. Your complete weather forecast coming up from meteorologists here in less than 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. We want to take more of your calls? 404-872-0750. Good morning, Kathy. Calling from Bogart. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? And welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Having a blast. How can I help you? All right, I have a rogue passion flower that <laughs> has gotten up into one of my magnolia trees, mm-hmm. and I pulled out about 14 foot of it yesterday, wow. but I didn't clip it because it's full of blossoms and buds. Yeah, so maypop, passiflora, you've got those really spidery-looking cool purple flowers, right? Yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, I love them. Okay, so what do we want to do, though? What's the end game here? Oh, should I just... Clip it, or should I just get another trellis and put it on that? I personally, I think they're so beautiful that I would get a trellis and do what you can to save it. You know, it's going to die back and, and freeze back um, right. in in the winter. But the best time to prune it is early spring, which I think we may have missed the windows. But you yeah. cut back the plant to just the strongest one or two vines to control it a little bit better. And then okay. that's going to help the growth by the second, third, fourth year after you've done that. It's going to fill out a little bit better. So think about it a little earlier on to kind of control it just down to the, the it, one so. or two strongest stems. 
Uh, and another thing, I have um, Virginia Creeper, the five-finger ivy. Oh, yeah. That's gone rogue, too, uh, everywhere. Yeah, that at least, you know, you don't have the fear of, like, poison ivy where that's going to hurt you. Virginia Creeper obviously having five leaves. That I would not use Roundup, you know, because of everything else around it. So there's a, a brush killer, bio-advanced brush killer. I think Ortho's got a good one, too. We'd be gone, I think, that works on... Virginia Creeper. So that's how I would treat that, Kathy. And manual removal. You sound like you're not um, averse to that, which which I love, too. So those are a couple of products I would try. Thank you for calling. We'll get back to more calls here. Stay tuned to 95.5 WSB. Thanks for listening to Green and Growing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.